Welcome to Driftless Drinks. My name's John. My name is Mark. And today we got a couple of good ones on the docket. What do we got going on today, Mark? We have Warped Speed Scotch Ale by Lake Louie Brewing from right here in Wisconsin. And we also have on the docket Dogfish Head's American Beauty, their Ode de Grateful Dead. All of these are going to be new to me. Let's get after it. We're here at Driftless Drinks. We are looking at a Warp Speed Scotch Ale from Lake Louie. Tell me about this thing. Well, we have Lake Louie Brewing from Arena, Wisconsin, and this is their Scotch Ale offering called Warp Speed, as you have just mentioned. Um, This is kind of their flagship beer at Lake Louie. I don't know if it's the first one they made, but I do know that it's the one that kind of put them on the map. A Scotch Ale, really? Yeah. So it's, yeah, right? In Wisconsin, it's an interesting uh, choice, I think. But I, I think at the time when these came out, I want to say they'd been in business now for close to twenty years, something like that. Oh, really? I didn't so, realize they were that old. Yeah, they've okay. been around cool. for quite a while. Like I want to say mid to late nineties, something like that. Um, we could probably look that up and then strike this from the uh, conversation, <laughs> as I'm most definitely wrong as always. But uh, yeah, this was one of the. So in the first wave of craft brewing, probably in the mid to late 90s, um, there were only a handful of styles being represented, or there weren't as nearly as many as, like now, the last 10 years, styles have exploded, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And we have everything, like sours are popular, before it was just a very local uh, kind of community thing in Europe or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, where you'd have just a handful of these sour yeast strains that would get into beer, and they would actually make make batches of beer around those strains. Um, and now that's blown up and it's, you know, huge here in America. Um, but in that first wave of, um, of, uh, craft brewing, um, Lake Louie was one of the very few brewers that took up the mantle of the Scotch ale. And it's a, it's a really interesting style. Generally with these, you get, uh, a nice caramelized malt back, mm-hmm. um, but it's always noted or mostly noted by that kind of uh, 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 peatiness to it or earthiness or um, even in some cases a little bit of smokiness going on with it too. Huh. So that's kind of the note of the Scotch Ale is to have that kind of earthy, peaty, maybe a t- hint of smokiness to it. So it was really interesting when they took that up. Uh, you know, so many years ago, and now that's become their flagship brew there. So now what you're describing, I mean, what if somebody had used those terms and hadn't told me you were talking about beer, I'd have thought you were talking about scotch whiskey. Right. And, and so that's, I've had two scotch ales before, and I'm not going to mention them because I didn't like them. Okay. And I adore scotch. So I, I mean, absolutely, uh, you know, j'adore, I, I love you, mon co. You know, I, it's great stuff. But I, the the two that I had um, wasn't wasn't jamming on, but did not. I never made the connection between Scotch ale and Scotch whiskey. So this this should be an interesting one. It's in, and to make that the flagship on something that I think might have such a very specific profile. Right. I'm 
Okay, you get you, well, you got my ear. I'm in, I'm intrigued, and it's one of those things where I I don't know the history of it enough to go back and say that yes, they created this to be their flagship brew, or if it's one of those things where they created a beer that was unique at the time and people took notice of it and went, wow, that's really interesting. Hmm. What is a Scotch ale? Because there just weren't that many of them out in America, so it. We might have to talk to Tom Porter at some point to <laughs> to clarify this. Who's the uh, the founder of Lake Louis? But um, but yeah. Oh. So I think John, would you uh, like to do the honors on oh, this yeah. one? Oh and yeah, pass I the can, church uh, key. Pass the church key. So we going around this. the bottle here. All right, I don't the- see much on the marketing. It's got the uh, Lake Louis. It's got fish bait on there. Lake Louis Brewing, Reno, Wisconsin. All right. Uh, here we one, go. Hold on. One more. Oh, I can Ooh. do better than that. Well, that was good. That try was that good. one later. But, okay, right. yeah. These so are like, overly carbonated, so that was a good pop there. Bob. Really? That's supposed to be like that? Okay. Um, All right, go ahead. I'm not going to smell so it. So I did bring up their profile on Beer Advocate. Oh, please. I, I do want to hear... They, it hear. is a Scotch Ale Wee Heavy, uh, ABV 7.2% availability year-round, and it shuffles you off to the Lake Louis website for any further information. There's not a lot here about it. Um, one thing that I would note as John pours it out, it is a very oh, yeah. nice caramel color. Yeah, yes, yes, it is. I'm going to pass this one off to you. I, oh. will, I will go for You're still reading. I'm going to go for the next one here. Yay, uh, me. All right. So as we hold her up to the light here, here really go. a nice amber color. And um, here we go. Fairly dark, um, but fairly still dark. transparent. Okay. You really got to hold it up to the light to get the get the full gist of it. Very nice dark amber. It. I'm I'm watching the stream as it's coming out. Which I recommend all you gentlemen do. Make sure you know where your stream's going. So let me don't cross the streams, Egon. Don't do that either. (laughs) Oh yeah. Okay. So there we go. So when I do hold it up to the light, that's where I'm getting that kind of that dark. Boy, that just looks like malt all the way down. Yeah, sure does. Um, Beautifully carbonated. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Not not heavily carbonated. There's not a ton for a head on these. um, At least the way we've poured them out here. A little bit of white lacing at the top. Um, I still have a good head sitting here, and I poured them both. So I and I do the same pour every time. So I, yeah, it's, it's going to die really, as it's sitting. I think. Yeah, it's really faded here on mine quickly. All right, let's. Um, all right, I got to put a nose. Go in Go ahead, here. throw a nose in there, John. See what you think. Well, there's not. Okay, so it's really tame. I get I get the malt, the a little bit of malt out of it. Nothing that's nothing that's coming at me, and there's a slight hint of. The caramelized malt, but I'm also getting just a little bit of breadiness out of this too. Like yeah. we've talked extensively about Doppelbox before, mm-hmm. and I it it's given me that vibe right off the nose. Okay, and, and nothing's really jumping out, but you do have that little bit of caramelized sugar kind of thing going on. Um, a little bit, a little bit of breadiness. I don't know, maybe. Is this going to be an unfulfilled promise? I don't know. All right. What do you think? You going to go down the hatch I'm, with this uh, Okay, one? let's go. Give for, a shot? Let's All go right. for it. Here we go. Mmm. Wow, that is way accessible. Um, yeah. Okay. So as we sit and you're waiting for it to cross over your palate mm-hmm. entirely and exit into the Netherlands. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm waiting for that. It's that 
Pete note. I don't get that. I and don't get I'm the not Pete. getting it. Mm-mm. I mean, maybe very faintly, but it's barely hanging on if it's there at all. I'm, I'm and and that's which is of... really a kind of a hallmark of the Scotch ale beers. And I'm really not getting that. That being said, I think those caramelized sugars come through. That mm-hmm. breadiness kind of shows. Uh, let me go back in. Here. Yeah, it is. John, what's so, your well? I'm take okay. Here? So, so the first thing I'm getting is that this is not, this is not a, a, a uh, uh, there's not a lightness to this. You know what I mean? So some some beers you have and you're sipping them on, and you could be drinking just a really good water. You know what I mean? And, and you're not really enjoying it. You're just kind of passing through. And then you can have beers that I should have cut this with a knife before I started in on it. You know what I mean? You get right. that super heavy. This is just straight down that middle. It's There's a good beerness to this, but I think that by the time I'm done with this, I'm not going to feel full. You know what I mean? I'm not going right. to get that heaviness out of that. So that's the first thing I'm getting is, is just this kind of smooth accessibility to it. And then then it it has a dryness to it. There's a dryness that's kind of making my tongue feel dry at the end. But at the same time, it it didn't lie to me. I'm still getting that same that same nose out of it. I get a little bit of that breadiness. I get a little uh, the caramel is sitting there, but the sweetness of that caramel's not not present. And that's why it's really hard to kind of articulate a caramely flavor without a heavy sugar. So yeah, I'm. I think I'm getting there. There is a hint of bitterness at the end, and I am trying to discern if that's the hop note or if it's like almost a touch of like a burnt malt kind of a taste. Yeah, it's more it. burnt malt to me. I'm not getting. I'm. I do not get any kind of floral out of this. No, which is no, throwing, no, that's throwing me a little bit. Not floral, but it. It like it cleans up on the way down. There, there's a yeah. little bit of that note where. You know, some of these, I guess how I would describe it as this, like a caramely, bready kind of beer is mm-hmm. what I'm getting off the nose and, you know, the, the mid-mouth kind of feel on that thing. Um, it's it's cleaning up interestingly, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, on the, on the, good, on the good side By of this. saying nothing at all. No, no. I, th- <laughs> I think on the, so on the good side of this, it, you're, I'm, getting, I'm getting some cleanness out of it. it. It's a little dry, which is kind of, it's throw, that's throwing me off because my, my tongue is, really is dried up on this. Yep. Um, and so on, on, the, on the good end, yep, a little malty, bready, kind of nice, not heavy. There's something that's not super appealing to me. But at the same time, it's not turning me off. I would, if somebody gave me this, it, yeah, which which you just graciously did. No, but I, I would be like, no, this happened. is a, this is a good beer. I like that. It. It's it's a good beer. I'm fine with this. This is this is tasty. But it isn't something that I'm gonna go back, you know, in the morning and go. Last night I had a wonderful beer. I'd be like, no, it's, it was a good beer. Right. It's I fine. think this is one of those. If somebody brings you a six pack to a party mm-hmm. and they go, hey, you want one? You're gonna go, yeah, yeah. I you would know, I, I would have one. I, I and I would describe it as being accessible, especially for the style. You know, mm-hmm. some of these can really get into that almost uh scotch grassy, peaty, earthy taste where it's almost overpowering, right? Man, you got me so, really curious on that one. Uh, you got me. I I, I want to try it, some more scotch ale now. Okay. Well, now that, that now that I'm not afraid of this one. Because <laughs> well, I was afraid before. I really was. But I, I really think this is um 
It's an interesting brew for the style, and I think uh, it's quite accessible. And I think that's what's made it kind of their flagship beer down at Lake Louie, right? There's there's absolutely nothing offensive about it in mm-hmm. my estimation. Great, I think yeah. there are a couple of really nice points to it. Not overly complex. Mm-hmm. Great fireside sipper. Yep, I I I concur. Matter of fact, that's the thing. A little bit a little bit of uh, wood smoke in the air would really kind of make this sing perfect camping beer yep well well that's uh that's warp speed scotch ale from lake louis brewing man i appreciate you uh bringing this this is this is really really pretty neat thank Ah, you no problem i'm glad you got to uh enjoy lake louis with us and uh speaking of lake louis we've got some news coming up um, and we'll get to that in just a second. Should we sign off this segment with our customary cling or let's, clank? Let's or do clunk? it. Let's see what happens. All right, right. ready? Yep. <laughs> that was odd. Wow. <laughs> All right, welcome back. It is the news and info time, and we are looking at a couple of beers that have something to do with one another, and I would like you to enlighten me, Mark. What are we dealing with today? All right, so we started off with Lake Louis Warp Speed Scotch Ale, mm-hmm. um, and the next beer we're going to try is Dogfish Head's American Beauty. Okay. Um, Two things that these breweries currently have in common is that they were both recently purchased by other independent breweries. Okay. Oh, okay. So that's kind of what's tying the episode here together, I guess, today. Um, A lot of people probably know by now that Dogfish Head was acquired by Sam Adams Mm -hmm. in kind of a um, merger slash purchasing agreement. I didn't quite understand seems like it's nobody ever understands that yeah i know nobody i know gets but it. It, it, i think from the sam adams side it kind of sounds like they bought dogfish head from the dogfish head side it's like oh we're still our own kind mm. of autonomous thing except we're rolling up to sam adams now yeah, well, that's how i read it maybe i'm wrong but it in any case that's an interesting and I think this is going to be kind of a landmark moment because I think we're going to see a lot more of this mm-hmm. as evidenced in uh, Lake Louie just was purchased by Wisconsin Brewing. Now, from what I've read about this, um, and I think both of these mergers kind of go the same way, right? Uh, all craft brewers at some point kind of know each other. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, the guys from DFH and Sam Adams, those guys have known each other for a long, long time, and it, it's no different with uh, Tom from Lake Louie and uh, the, the guys at uh, Wisconsin Brewing. I can't remember who the president of the company is now. Oh man, I've forgotten. But my apologies. But basically, these guys kind of have all been together brewing and, and uh, making beer for a long time. They share thoughts and ideas. And um, it sounded like Tom at Lake Louie needed to make a decision on whether they're going to expand Lake Louie or if you know there were other possibilities. So they ended up talking at uh, a I don't know if it was over lunch or at a convention or whatever, but <laughs> we they were ended not up talking, uh, the two presidents of uh, Wisconsin Brewing and Lake Louie, and um, 
decided to make a uh, a purchase agreement. So that way, um, Lake Louis could continue to brew their their styles of beers under their label uh, and roll it up into uh, Wisconsin Brewing's portfolio. Now, isn't um, most of the reason for this? I it seems to me that one of the big reasons is that the the larger breweries are looking at not so much major competitors, but those that are that can that mesh well with their philosophies and with their their not necessarily their styles, a little bit their styles. I mean, especially when you're talking, but really the philosophy, because like the philosophy of experimentation is really present in Dogfish Head, right. and it's kind of that thing that that everybody was hoping was going to happen with Sam Adams, but then what? What the smaller breweries get out of it is with the is they get the distribution chain right. of the larger breweries, and they get and they get some of the marketing backing too, which is kind of nice. Yeah, and I would imagine that's what goes into a lot of these agreements. I, I think in in reading uh, the Lake Louis and Wisconsin merger or purchase agreement, I, I think a lot of that had to do with um, just respect for each other as brewers and saying, hey. You need to have uh, more brewing capability. We have that. Mm-hmm. If we put this together, are, is this satisfactory to have you and your people come work for us where we can roll you up into our label, we can roll you up into larger facilities, bigger batches, um, potentially uh, an increase in consistency from batch to batch, and also our distribution chain and marketing, right? So right, I think right. that was the allure for Lake Louis to sign that agreement was that those people were going to stay mm-hmm. working for the brewery, the ones that wanted to, and move to the new facilities um, as as they go along here. And also, you know, now they have mm-hmm. that help of marketing and distro, right? In the case of Sam Adams and Dogfish Head, I can see it being um, Sam Adams has always had kind of a, a core group of styles where Dogfish Head just seems to do things out of left field <laughs> consistently, which, you know, they're very experimental. Oh, where yeah. I think oh, Sam yeah. Adams has has a pretty big and heady reputation. I mean, it's, I, I get it. They're the second biggest independent brewer in the States, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a big title to uphold and, and they have they have to make things very consistent and do things uh, the Sam Adams way in order to make sure that they are not uh, falling behind and also serving their customer base as well as they can. Um, that acquisition is a little more interesting. I guess, going back to the Wisconsin one, that's mm-hmm. the first time in Wisconsin that an independent brewer has bought up another independent brewery. Within the same state. Within, within, the, state. within, within the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. So I mean, that's, that's, that's what makes that interesting yeah. here locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the instance of Sam Adams and Dogfish Head, it's the number two player in the market buys up like the number 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. So now you're talking about major players consolidating. And right. this is what gets interesting, right? So now the Lake Louis, Wisconsin thing is interesting on a local level. The Dogfish Head, uh, Sam Adams one, I think is much more prevalent on a national and maybe even an international level because we're not talking like SAB, Miller, Coors, whatever you want to right, call right, that right, right, gigantic right. worldwide conglomerate, but mm. you're talking two of the major players in the market are getting together. At what point do we start to see this happening 
on a regular basis because craft brewing has blown up to the point where uh, we could look up the numbers. I mean, mm-hmm. there there are hundreds of brewers in different states alone. And it brings up an interesting point because I was talking about the whole the whole merger thing um, a couple of a couple of weeks ago with a with a friend of mine, and they they posed a really interesting question, and that is, all right, now that Dogfish Head is owned by Sam Adams. And you would consider Dogfish Head, they asked me, do you consider Dogfish Head to be a craft brew? I said, yes. Do you consider Sam Adams to be a craft brew? I said, well, no, they're, they're, they're huge. They're, they're massive. Now, because the two are together, do you consider Dogfish Head to be a craft brew? And they, they went so far as to go, all right, what is a craft brew? Right. Well, what do you really call that? So what I did um, was I looked it up on craft uh, on the um, the Brewers Association, okay, and what they they're the ones who put the 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 uh, the oh, little yeah. upside down yep. bottle thing on there. So here's what they say. So in order to be an, an American, uh, I'm going to read this really quick. This is off of their website, which is Brewer Associate Brewers Association org, and they say an American craft brewer is a small and independent brewer, and that's where they stop. They say small annual production of six million barrels of beer or less. Approximately 3% of U.S. annual sales. Uh, they go into a little bit more specifics on that. And then they say it has to be independent, which means that less than 25% of the craft brewery is owned or controlled by a beverage alcohol industry member that is not itself a craft brewer. So in other words, according to this, DFH is no longer a craft brewer because they're, they have there's more than 25% of 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 their company is owned. So does that say something bad about them? Does that say something good about them? That's that's kind of, you know, I don't even think that's a moral question. I think that's just kind of a semantic question, isn't it? Well, yeah, and it, again, this to me is interesting, right? Like where where do we go uh, as craft brew goes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or how does craft brew go from here right right we've we've always seen this as small independent companies well you know either under cover of night or whatever <laughs> has happened now we have craft brews buying up craft brews and becoming their own mini conglomerates right, right right at what point do they cease to be craft brew and they become a major corporation or how i, I guess i'd Whatever you just said, right? No, and, I, and I'll and I'll jump and I, and I'll I'll actually throw in on this, and so I will have a, a definitive opinion because that's what I do, even when my opinion is contrary to fact. So the the thing that I would say about it is that always go to the brew, always go to the brew, see what the brew is like. When Lining Kugels was an independent um, brewery up in Chippewa Falls before mm-hmm. Miller bought them, many yeah, moons ago, many moons ago. Right, I'd been there a couple of times to the to the actual brewery and and had you know had their stuff there, got the tour and everything, and I thought it was it was great, and I think they made some amazing stuff. Their dark was just not to be missed. Their honey beer I thought was killer. Then they were bought up by Miller, and the first few years, no big difference. Now I have gone back and every single lineies I've had, I did not like. And that includes the Northwoods. That includes the Porter. None of them do I think they are making the way that they made them before. I do not enjoy them. And that's a harsh thing to say 
for a near and dear company that you know is from is from a beautiful part of the state and run by wonderful people um, who were nothing but kind to anybody who walked in their doors. I I'd just, still go the tour. The tour is amazing. The tour, the tour is still probably pretty cool. Yeah, but but I I just don't enjoy the beer anymore. I mean, I just can't. You know, the 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 packaging changed, and when the packaging changed, I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, but before that even happened, I thought that the beer went downhill, and I think it's because it's mass produced now, and I think they're doing it at such volume that when you when you start to do volume, you have to add finnings. The moment you add finnings, you're destroying the beer. Yeah, and that's one of those things too where. Um if you're a fan or not of New Glarus beer, um, they've, I think they've probably had a lot of offers to take that mm -hmm. to multiple states. Oh, yeah. Right? Because it's a popular beer, and when people from out of state come here, they always go home with a case, mm -hmm. it seems. Um, but I think they keep that in state because they know that at some point, the process becomes bigger than they can control as the two of them as owners together. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't, I don't think they want to make that like an oversight, you know, where yep. it's like, Oh yeah, we can get huge, but what are we really doing then? Yep. You know, it's more than we can control. Why don't we keep it where it is? We'll do everything we can to keep the integrity of the brand together, which I think they do a, a wonderful job. I of. do too. Yeah. Definitely. And I think they definitely. do a really nice job of yeah. still staying creative while sticking to their traditional, uh, brews that they put out on a yearly basis. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I guess, I don't know. To me, this is really a landmark moment though with Sam Adams and DFH. Just, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we're going to see more of this and I think, um, craft brew is going to, at some points, not to directly, coincide with i mean they are the motley crew kicking down the doors right and at some point at some point there is five finger death punch yeah, you know what i mean yeah. and that's what which that's just what it becomes and it's fine if you're into it i guess i get it but at the same point you know five, five finger death cover band yeah i get it uh, but you know and the, the thing about it and the positive note on it um because we got to wrap it up somewhere. But to, to me, right. the positive note is that as these things happen, if things fall off, if what happens, it, what I feel happened to Lining Kugels happens to DFH, if they start putting out stuff that tastes more like Sam Adams than than their brew does now, that doesn't do anything but open up more opportunity for other craft brewers to step in and go, you know what, you guys aren't doing Midas Touch or Namaste anymore. Let's work on you know. Let us fill that gap, yeah. and so I think I think that's a, that's a good thing. So I think the more the more variety we have and the more opportunity to find something that we truly love, the better. In in my opinion, well said. Cool. All right. All right. Let's news and notes from the brews and totes dudes. <laughs> here. Hey, you know what? I think I think we got a uh, we have a DFH, don't you? Didn't you grab one? Oh yeah. All right. Well, we're doing DFH. What? Uh, Dogfish head American Beauty upon our return. All right. Thank you. Welcome back to Driftless Drinks. All right, we're going to tap into Dogfish Head's American Beauty. Um, let's see here. 
this is this, a Grateful Dead themed beer. Yeah. So this, I wasn't aware of this when I picked this up. Actually. Oh really? Um, okay. Yeah. This is uh, so it's a pale ale. I think. What do I want to say? Let's. Uh, yeah, it's got a six point five ABV. We'll tell you what. Let me. Uh, if you want to go around the label on this thing, I'm going to crack this baby open. Now. I kind of did. It oh, doesn't. Yeah, there's not a lot there. much there's more. There's there. nothing else on there. It just what? says pale ale brewed with granola and honey. Okay, so that's what I thought was the interesting part of this. You think? Do you ever oh see granola God. in a beer? No. I mean, I don't think I really have either, to be honest. No, and you know, you know, granola. Okay. All right. All right. You, you, yeah. Oh, is that for me? Uh, yeah, hand right. this over to you. All right, well, I'll and you that can one. describe it while I'm pouring another one. Oh, out. well, this is—it's beautifully, beautifully amber with a, a kind of a a brownish tone to it. So we're not looking at a—we're not looking at a red beer. Looking at something lighter than that has this really good color that I associate with hush puppy shoes, which helps no one. I'm kind of yeah, and lots hush and puppy? lots of bubbles. Love the head. Yeah, of that. wow, very effervescent. Yeah, it's like somebody dropped an Elka Salter in this thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really pretty, and um, it sure it, is. And you can see right through it. I mean, I can see my fingers on the other side of the glass, and that kind of tells me the clarity of it. So this might be one of those yeah. filtered kind of products. Um, I'll be honest; I've never seen a Sam Adams looking like this. So I I think we're still in we're <laughs> still in dogfish head territory here. All right, we you put a nose in this. What's yeah. the nose? Yeah, Ooh. it's almost like a dark yellow orangish hue. Yeah, but as I'm smelling it, super. I get laundry. <laughs> really? It smells like laundry. Is it clean or? Yeah, like clean laundry. Fresh linens. It's, it's, it smells fresh of fresh linen. linens. You know, I I am I'm gonna go out on a limb and say the great Grateful Dead band does not and never has smelled like fresh linens. Hmm. How about uh, newly darned socks? You shouldn't darn a sock. I mean, they're they're helpful. <laughs> you know that that is a skill that I'm proud that I have. I can darn a sock. Really? I know how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I know how to do. Yeah. Darn you to hell! I've, I've darned many a sock. Uh, pro tip: Don't do it while you're wearing it. I uh, get a hint of honey, a little bit of grassy notes and grain. No, your nose is working better than my, oh, you know what? The glasses are pinching my nose. Hold on. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, the old you got yeah. Your breathe right strips on. <laughs> All right, let me pull it apart here. Do you need a hand? Do you want me to? No, 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 okay. no. That that just gets weird. Man, I'm gonna get up behind you. I can really pull them noses back. You know what I mean? Like get them nostrils open, boy. <laughs> yeah, you know, let's let's not talk about February. All right. Okay, I got oh, it. I got to try. March. I'm going. Oh, it was March. All right, I'm going in. Yeah. Wow. Granola and honey. You say on the label. I get it. I get it. Interesting. So hang on. That is that is a little bit more bitter than I thought it would come out as. I'm getting the. I'm getting the. Huh. I get the honey. I get the granola. See, now that I've had a sip, the nose is all about granola. We've had a couple beers like that where you you smell it and you don't get it and then you take a sip and then you smell it and suddenly you like it opens up. Right. There's some physiology there I don't understand. You almost got to smell it with your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
It does not help if you spit take on the microphone. I'm uh, sure of that. Well, not yep. on it. Okay, I'm getting. It doesn't help the microphone. <laughs> there's there's like this. It, no, I get I get I get the granola. Kind of like a a good granola with a touch of almond and more than. But there's a little more. I get like an orange peel on the top of it. That's the bitterness I'm tasting. Okay, I get the bitter. Yeah, I get I get the little bit of bitterness, but that's not coming off his orange. It's more coming off his bass player armpit. (laughs) (laughs) Just to be honest, you talk to Dusty about that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, why are you standing? I wasn't thinking him. I was thinking somebody much older. Dusty's a clean guy. Like Watt or. Kind of like you know, if I ran half a mar- uh, half marathon with Les Claypool, I'd expect him to smell like this. Oh, yeah! Wow, you know that was descriptive. Thank you. You get, <laughs> you get it. You know, Winona uh-huh. had a. I don't. Remember. I don't think I can finish this now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I it, there. There's a smoothness to it. All right, I am. You know, I think this was a wonderful pairing with that Scotch ale. I think that was a good a good pair of these to have together because I think the scotch ale gives me a, a balance on this one this this one's like the sweet end of that same spectrum really sweet I get a little sweet so, well no, okay. no I, I'm with you sweet as opposed to the Lake Louis okay not sweet as if I'm just gonna have like if I if I had this beer on its own I wouldn't say oh yeah this is sweet but in the prism of Lake Louis the, that we had I would say or that their Scotch ale. I would say that yeah, this is a little sweet. Yeah, I. I don't know. I can I guess I can't go there with you on that. Okay. Like, uh, like the the bready maltiness of the Lake Louis, mm-hmm. to me, outlasted that faint hop bitterness that it had going on. This one, I can taste and feel. The honey in this beer, right? It yeah, smooths yeah. out the mouthfeel, yep. and there's just a hint of the honey sweetness. But there is a back-end bitterness on this one that I really, I don't want to say I wasn't expecting, but it doesn't fit to me. Like, okay. I, I think this okay. is, a, it's a solid beer, but that there there's like an orange rind quality at the back end of this that it just, I'm not. Super fond of. See, that's a really good. That's a really good catch. I, 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 I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have identified that. But once you mentioned the orange rind back end, I do get that. But I actually enjoy that. And I'll tell you one of the reasons I enjoyed it is <laughs> because you ever doing that thing? Ever done that thing where you burp, but it goes through your nose? Oh yeah. I, I did that, and it was enjoyable with this beer. Really? Yes. Wow. So you got I, a nose burp beer that I you got, actually enjoy. This is a nose this burp beer for the ages. This is really a landmark it, I'm telling you, you know. Yeah, I don't know what to make of this. There's a lot of different things going on here that, as it's warming up in the glass, as we're going through it, it's starting mm-hmm. to make more sense. So maybe I should just give this a little time. <laughs> There are a lot of things I like about it, right? Mm-hmm. The smooth mouthfeel. There's a little bit of honey sweetness, a um, little bit of granola on the nose, and even on the back end uh, as it crosses over your palate and washes itself down, there's that little bit of granola taste 
or kind of an oaty taste in there, almost like maybe an instant oat taste. Um, but th- there's just something with that that hop note, that little bit. That, that and little, all I can only describe right. it as an orange rindy kind of a bitterness. That it's like it just doesn't quite fit in there for me. Now we haven't said the a word, which I think is appropriate here. It astringency. Is. You think it is appropriate here? I, I think th- I think there is an astringent quality to this. I think the hoppiness that I get out of the out of that, mm-hmm. which doesn't come off as floral, but I get I get a little bit of a I get a little bit of a hop to it. Right. That's that kind of astringent note coming off of the hops that that you're that you are accurately interpreting as an orange an orange peel back. Huh. And I can see how that would not be appealing to some people. I think you and I are tasting exactly the same thing. We just have a little bit different opinion on yeah. whether or not we like it. Right. Like for you, it kind of works. And yeah. for me, it's like, why is all this happening at the same time? <laughs> Confusion ensues. <laughs> I mean, I'm not the brightest guy in the room. So like, for technically not, you are. <laughs> to, to not make, well, I'm paler than you are, but <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Um, it just, it. I'm not getting it to add up for me. I don't think it's a bad beer by any stretch, and it's very interesting, and I'm glad that we're trying it. I just, I, I'm trying to put it together, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not getting real far. So, really, what we want to do is we want to let people listening to this know that they should, they should like give this a shot because we're not taught. This might be a fifty-fifty. Yeah, and this would be one of those ones where I'd be welcome to other people's opinions oh, on it. Please, just do. because I am so confused right now. <laughs> Somebody help me. Yeah, let us let us know. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into the to to a bit of creditation here. So yeah, let us know on on Facebook or go to driftlessdrinks.com and let us know because you can comment on each and every episode there, uh, or hit us up on Instagram or uh, even even on uh, Twitter if you want. Twitter to. face mash face mash Instagram. yeah f- uh, face small. Uh, what else we got? I don't um, I don't remember. <laughs> All right. Well, so that's the American. That's the American Beauty by Going Dogfish Head. Going off the rails <laughs> on some ales and grain. <laughs> some ales and grain. Da, da, da. All right. Which which was uh, so we're we're fifty fifty on this, but it is not. We're not saying horrible because this. We're not sorry. We're trying this. Oh, absolutely right? not. Yeah. And I would actually appreciate trying this again at another time just to see um, how my own taste develops around it because you know we've discussed this before. Not every beer is the best on every occasion, right? Right, exactly. I've had one experience with Delirium Tremens. I thought it was the most amazing experience I've ever had in my life as far as a Belgian beer goes, and I cannot replicate it. It's not the beer's fault, I don't think. Yep. No, I, I think I think you're exactly right. It kind of depends on what you've had before and what you're going for for an evening. I I think I think you just got to make up your own mind on this one. Somebody make up mine. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Driftless Drinks Studio recording courtesy of HPJ Studios in Tomo, Wisconsin. Be sure to subscribe and rate us through iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can visit us at www.driftlessdrinks.com where you can comment on each episode or say hi on Facebook and let us know your favorite brews. 
If you'd like to drink along with us, find us on Instagram at Driftless Drinks, where we feature each episode's brews a week or so ahead of time. That's all for this week. My name is Mark. My name is John. Please be sure to keep a cold one handy for us. So here's an interesting thing to kind of, I don't know if adjunct's the right word here, but. Lay it on me. It's TJ. So following a trend that started years ago, Boston Beers, Samuel Adams' portfolio beers, is finally treading close to a Brewers Association defined line of a defined craft brewer. According to numbers estimated by the trade organization, Samuel Adams accounted for just more than 53% of Boston Beer's total brand portfolio in 27, a drop from almost 58% the prior year. If and when that number falls below 50%, Boston Beer would no longer meet the traditional tenet of the BA's definition, which states that a craft brewer must have a majority of its total beverage alcohol volume in beers whose flavors derive from traditional or innovative brewing ingredients and their fermentation because flavored malt beverages and cider are not considered beers under the BA's guidelines. Boston Beer's fast-growing brands Mm -hmm. have put the iconic business in the crosshairs of a definition that it's essentially helped create. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Oh, my gosh, yeah. 